from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fancy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Picks Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and I'm joined once again by Joel Beal and Stephen Hennessy. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, uh, we start let's start with a little Pebble Beach. Uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, dominant victory, really. Just played, quote, boring golf on Sunday to win by four shots. Uh, guys, what, you know, a lot was made of this win. What, what did you think about it? Well, the first thing we should do is thank you for being here. The, oh, yeah. the trials and tribulations you had to get here <laughs> after, what, 31 hours? 31 hours. Either in the air or stuck in an airport. That's right. On top of a, a reckless week in, in terms of you saw one of your favorite golfers of all time take another shot to his comeback and your favorite nba team of all time banished a beloved charles Oakley yeah. from the garden a so rough week for Myers. that you're even here is a testament week. to your fortitude and we appreciate it well yeah. you're welcome i, I had i kind of had to come back i guess at some point but uh yeah 31 31 hours um wasn't great was but great. who was great was jordan spieth that from friday on the just the ball striking skills were out of this world kind of the attributes we got to know in 2015 that really propelled him to that strong um, strong campaign and if you really look at his struggles at least in the second half of 2016 it was the iron game that gave him trouble but since he switched to uh, the 716 titleist down at the australian open the guy's been on fire i think his worst finish in that time frame is a t9 and yeah he quit as a boring round on sunday but really that was his game plan just to keep hitting greens make make your two-foot pars had a couple of birdies in there just strikes me that you know a lot of guys i feel like don't have the game plans um, as much as one thing you look at Tiger Woods, what made him so great, not only was this physical dominance, but the guy had a game plan start to finish, and that was something Speed really executed. Um, it's something that I think if you're looking forward, especially where the majors are at this year, that's the type of mindset that you need to have to compete. And for a guy who kind of fell apart at the end of last year, I don't know what more you can want for him so far in 2017. Yeah, he's played great. Uh, and then put it all together last week, shot a 65 at Spyglass on Friday. That's no easy feat at, at there. And uh, hit 16 of 18 greens on Sunday. And then I think one of those misses was just on the fringe. So mm. he played boring golf. And if someone made a threat, you know, I'm sure he could have, uh, you know, ramped it up a gear. But this is, you know, it's funny to hear people say, oh, Speed's back. Well, you know, I don't think he's gone anywhere, you know, judging on what his 2017 has been so far. Yeah, yeah. I, think we, I think we forget that. He's, he still won three times last year, which is a career year for most people. Just right. that high bar he set in 2015, we tend to look at it as a, as a rough year. But, yeah, you're right. He's He is, you know, if you want to say back, he's, he's certainly back to 20, that 2015 form. Yeah, no, but, but of course you can't, you can't go anywhere when you have nine PGA Tour titles and you're still 23 years old. So – he, he, like Steve said, I mean, definitely, he, he never really went anywhere. He, he, of course, let that second green jacket slip away from him. If he wins that, we think about last year a totally different light. Uh, but, but certainly now nine wins at age 23 and a half. You know, you saw some stats comparing it to Tiger. Of course, Tiger hadn't played 100 events like Jordan Spieth had by, by this point, by this age. But, but still, just an incredible start to a career. Uh, and, and Jordan will be at Riviera this week for the Genesis Open. In fact, eight of the top ten players in the world will be teeing up this week. So this is by far the best field we've seen so far. And it would have been nine if Rory 
McElroy slash McRib was there. Uh, McRib, that's amazing. He's, uh, he's not, unfortunately. And go for, figure. For, the for only Joel guy. and our, te- our fancy team, especially, it's unfortunate. Ooh. Exactly. This is, <laughs> as I mentioned at the time of the draft, this was a win-win for me because you really wanted Rory, and if he turns out, great. Hey, we have a good season. If not, I get to rub this in your face. And the yeah. fact. <laughs> The fact that he's already missing two really big events is not not helping your cause. Well, we're we're just giving the other guys a little head start, and then this we'll true. and we'll rally. Kind of like Rory did at the Tour Championship last year. That's right. Woo! He's get, he's getting ready for big things in oh, 2017. Yeah, definitely, he's just healing he's, up. A he's bit. just healing up. He'll be fine. But anyway, a tremendous field. Uh, obviously, a tremendous golf course, Riviera. Um, so much history there. Uh, ben Hogan, all the other greats who have played there, won there. I've had some really good tournaments there uh the past few years as well some exciting finishes but um i guess steve you want to start first who who are you uh eyeing this week at the top of your lineup yeah sure and when you talk about the last couple of years the first name that jumps off the papers dustin johnson he's had six top tens in the last eight years uh lost the playoff to james hahn who came out of nowhere was making bombs in his face in the mm-hmm. playoff in 2015 but finished fourth last year finished second in 2014 also the T2 in 2015, and um, we saw him playing great last week at, at Pebble. Uh, looks like all facets of his game are kind of on point. So, uh, you know, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't take DJ here. He won't have the pressure of playing with his uh, father-in-law there, with Wayne Gretzky. He's, you know, this is kind of a golf course that fits him long. You, you know, you got to be precise. His, his scrambling skills have really been improved the last year and a half, two years like everyone's talked about. So I think DJ's, you know, the guy to beat probably this week. You know, it's crazy. DJ, and he did this last year, I think he ended up finishing in the top five in exactly half of his stroke play events. And he he did it last week, third place. It's like, it's kind of making me regret almost not. We we pick, we we joke about the McElroy pick, but DJ was there. Um, yes, I know. <laughs> he was, and Joel was pushing for him. And, and it is kind of crazy. He, he always finishes in the it's top just five. consistent, consistently really so good. it's kind of making me rethink that. But anyway, oh, but before we go on, by the way, we, you mentioned DJ, it jogged my memory. I did pick him last week. Again, not a big pick. And Jordan Spieth. So mm-hmm. pick one, two right there. Just, just want to point that out. For As well as our pocket. I think we had four of the top four five. Four of the top the five. one, Kelly Kraft, which, I mean. Right. So yeah, we, we really Kelly, were four sorry, of the the top four. I mean, I don't think anybody picked Kelly Kraft. I mean, all congratulations to him. Obviously, a career best finish, uh, 2011 USAM champ at Aaron Hills, which will host the U.S. Open this year. So, Jordan deep, Spieth deep won sleeper. the event, and he lost in the 2011 USAM. So there we go. There you go. So a lot of things. Yeah, Patrick Cantley was in the field. That's right. He lost in the Kelly Kraft beat him in the final. So. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, anyway, just wanted to pat myself on the back there. Sorry, I did, well sorry done. to interrupt. Well interrupt uh, Joel's pick, uh, but yeah, just again, a little little pat on the back. Hey, you interrupting me to pat yourself on the back? Yeah. That's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> My first pick for me is Patrick Reed. You know, the stats. I think we looked at Reed after Hazeltine to say this is the next big thing. Really hasn't taken that next step so far in mm. the fifteen or twenty events really since then. Now. The stats say Reed should be playing better than he, he's posting and finishes. He's seventh in strokes gained, and really his putting continues to just get better and better. Irons have left much to be desired, um, but Riviera historically is a course that really suits guy with better shorts games, and really no one is better in that facet than Patrick Reed. 
Yeah, you're right. He though it is a, he is kind of this mystery. He's the greatest player in the world for that week during the Ryder Cup. But again, small sample size. We'll we'll see. I'm, and again, he hasn't been playing bad. No, 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 he, no. He's of course not. Cuss. It's right. just he's not putting those top tens or even right. really in contending. Right. So. right. A guy who has been playing even better though, and arguably better than anyone, is Hideki Matsuyama. That's my first pick this this week. Um, and I, I saw an interesting couple scenarios. Uh, for two for two players to jump to number one in the world, Hideki Matsuyama is one of them. He can jump to number one in the world with a win, and if Jason Day finishes outside the top twenty four, I think. And the other one is Dustin Johnson, Steve's first pick. If Dustin Johnson wins, and Jason Day finishes outside the top three, he moves to number one. So it's kind of amazing because uh, obviously forever you had Tiger was way ahead at number one, but then you kind of had this big three emerge in the in a couple years ago, and they were really separated themselves but now it's really a big six that uh because jordan spieth even with that win last week didn't even move up in the world ranking that so that just shows wow. you how hot Hideki matsuyama and and all the guys ahead of him were last year and, and at the beginning of this this year so you have six guys who are really far up there and then you have the guys like uh justin thomas and patrick reed nipping at their heels but um Hideki matsuyama has already won twice this season he has two runner-ups uh, that doesn't even count his win at the Hero World Challenge, where he played fantastic golf. Um, so you know he's finished uh, top five here already in his his short career. It's a, it's a you know Ben Hogan loved this course. He's the most legendary ball striker there ever was, and Hideki Matsuyama is arguably the best iron player today. One of the best ball strikers out there. It's a course that that suits his game. And, um, again, he's another guy like DJ. It just seems like every week he, he's he's up there. So he's my first guy this week. Cool. Set it back to you, Steve. Talking ball striking, uh, going to go Sergio Garcia, one mm. of the best of the last 20 years. Uh, also has had some good history here and is playing well recently. He won in Dubai two weeks ago, uh, finished T9 in Shanghai uh, at the end of 2016, finished in fourth in 2015 when he – kind of had the tournament in his hands and had that kind of Oof. legendary blow up there on the back nine and people were ripping on him uh on twitter it's kind of legendary but sergio's playing well um it's a course that fits his eye and like alex said it's a ball strikers paradise so um i'm gonna go with sergio yeah you mentioned that 2015 i mean he did back-to-back smother hooks up oh. t on 17 and 18 and lost so by sergio. one it was it was it was pretty rough. Well, speaking uh, of Garcia, that's the guy who you know won a couple of weeks ago, and you're seeing his name kind of trickle to the top of. Is this the year to mm -hmm. him win the major? Which you know I, I get that narrative, but I guess my question is if and I think we're all believers that Sergio definitely has the capacity to do that. Looking at the schedule this year, what course do you think best fits that ambition of him breaking through and winning a major in 2017? Well, I mean, I mean it's not it's not Augusta. I'll say that because he this guy has such bad mojo there. I just don't think it's ever getting done there. But uh, you know he he always plays well at the British Open. It seems I think he's got nine or ten top tens in that event. It doesn't it really doesn't even matter what the what the course is. Almost um, I know they're in England this year. Um, why am I blanking on the name? Burkdale. Burkdale, right? Burkdale I, again. So I, I don't doesn't doesn't even i don't even care what the course is for him that that event always seems to figure prominently aaron hills is such a wild card for for everybody um so and quail hollow and then quail hollow yeah, is i mean yeah you know that's another ball strikers course so mm -hmm. why not but i'll say the british open 
I'll say Burnham, I, yeah. I think I'm in yeah, the same boat as well. Yeah. And it, yeah, Aaron Hills, it's weird because, again, we don't have really a sample size to go on. But the way you played at Oakmont last year, I think, really does speak if it's a you know, a, a, a U.S. Open-like setup, which we I think everyone's expecting Aaron Hills to be. I, I think you're going to see either the Open or, P, uh, or the British Open. Yeah. Who um, who else do you like, Joel? My next guy sticking with the ball-striking theme is Keegan Bradley, who missed the cut at this tournament last year, but he does have a second-place finish as well as a T4 at this tournament, along with two other top 20s. Really in the midst of a career rejuvenation this year, he has three top 10s and six top 25s on the young season. Just for a little context, he only had two top 10s all of 2016. Yeah, He's doing mostly thanks to improvement off the tee and, and as well as his approach shots. Yeah, the, the short game is still a little bit of a wreck, but as we mentioned already a few times here, Riviera really speaks of ball strikers, and that's a guy you know that's Keegan Bradley to a tee, so no way, no real way or reason to stay away from him this week. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see his name back. He was you know the big up-and-comer, and he wins the PGA Championship so early in his career, but then the anchor band really kind of – but he's still up. young, you know. This is he's still really young. An age Got where time. guys are yep. kind of hitting hitting their prime. So um, because he won so early in his career, I think we tend to look at him a little older um, than he really is. So yeah, yeah, it's. I think people are looking at him like, oh wow, this is kind of a late career push. Not no, really. no, no, it, yeah. it, He's yeah. he's still got 15, 20 years left, on so yeah. no, no rush there. But I'm glad you brought him up because my next pick took him down in a playoff. Five years ago, took both Keegan and Phil Mickelson down in a playoff, epic playoff, and that's Bill Haas. Bill Haas, Wake Forest class 2004. Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, that's right. My, my former classmate. No, that was um, he. He's. Uh, I saw he's listed at 50 to one odds this week. Uh, if, you're, no love if you throw a few, want to throw a few bucks on this week in addition to your fantasy, uh, whatever you're in. He would be a pretty decent bet, I would say, at, at 50 to 1, considering he's a past champion here. And again, he's a guy who so far this year hasn't gotten off to an incredible start, but man, he's finished in the top 20, I think, in just in about every event he's played. Uh, you know, nothing too flashy, which is kind of his rep. You know, not, not a lot of flash with Bill Haas, but um, a lot of good, good golf. And uh, again, this is a course where he's already shown that he can win. And not only that, but I mean, he took down Phil Mickelson, Keegan Bradley. This was Keegan Bradley after he'd won the PGA Championship. So that was two superstars getting into the playoff. Bill Haas made a 45 footer on that 10th hole to knock him off. I see you want to say something, Joel. I'm laughing because I, I love the way you always describe Haas as this <laughs> no frills. It's it's like listening to a <laughs> a, a hard hard NFL writer talk about an offensive lineman. You no, know, he's just a lunch pail guy. He's not he's not a me first player. <laughs> That's talking great. about an individual sport. And you lavish praise on the guy. I, you know what? I, I'm a Haas fan too. Yeah. I really just hope the guy wins a major or two. So oh. 10, 15 years from now, when there's like the retrospective, yeah. I imagine you're going to be like the representative <laughs> from the, the writing community. To He'll talk be about presenting it. every award I mean, to Bill Haas yeah, when, once he receives. Been there every step of the way, really. Um, no, but that's a good point. I, I like that. He Bill Haas is the offensive line of golf. No, no. Let's just say he's like he's like the left guard of golf like he, he really gets steady. no you know very steady even like a left tackle gets a little too much pub or center those centers are you know they they, they want all the attention but not the left guard bill haas is the left guard uh, very I crucial bringing this up. crucial <laughs> left guard of the pga uh, tour. element of your team but he's not going to take too much credit he's not going to get too much attention but he's always going to be there get the job done man i think anyone yeah. would sign up for a lot of people yeah. would sign up for his career yeah the steadiness mm -hmm. of it you know and he gets paid. He gets Just paid well. Hits the ball yeah. so straight, pretty long yep. off the tee. Yep. 
These. And he plays fast. That's he right. Plays fast. He does play yeah. fast. Give there him you that. go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Round three, our, our third and final pick. Uh, mix it up here. Joel, you go first. Last guy for me is Chucky36, Charles Howe third. Hasn't finished inside the top 50 here in those last nine tries. But for a guy who <laughs> does have a win here at the tournament before, he's super cheap in daily formats. More importantly, dating back to the Shriners, he's had six consecutive uh, finishes inside the top, top 15, three in the top 10. I mean, this is the guy, kind of going back to the Keegan Bradley mindset of a career rejuvenation, this is the guy who's really starting to hit, hit his stride again for the first time in a while. Uh, no reason why, again, and, and the price tag as well, a, a very affordable uh, very affordable pick. Charles Howe III has to be in your lineup. It's it's remarkable. I mean, you said 2007, it was the Nissan Open then. That's his last win on the PGA Tour. You're right, he was this young, hotshot phenom. Um, last win on the PGA Tour 10 years ago, but yet he's made, I think, about $20 million somehow in the last decade without winning one time. Uh, anyway, it's just, it's amazing. It seems um, like so yeah. much of that, too, is in the winter season, like January to March. Oh, kills it. it. Just kills exactly, it. kills it's it amazing. this time of year. Yep. And by the way, just going to put what the, uh, it's actually $32 million in career earnings. So. Oh, in career, but he's yeah. made 20, 20 since his last win. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad Without career. Without a You'd win, up $20 million. Win. That's that's steady. That's decent. getting it done. Yeah. Talking about uh, decent, solid Gary Woodland's season. Not getting a lot of publicity, but he's like T11 in the FedEx Cup at this point. Uh, finished T5 at Pebble last week. Had a 65 on, on Sunday. It's the round of the day. Um, has been really solid this year. He's had five top 20s in six events. And he just has good uh, strokes gain numbers off the tee. Um, he's T26 last year, too. He's just a guy, I mean, he hasn't had, like, a big win in his career, like a, not a big defining win. But he's one of the, the better uh, American players in the last, you know, five or six years. So not necessarily calling a Gary Woodland win, but just think he's playing so well, you know, at T10 finish wouldn't be too much of a surprise. No, he's one of the guys when you were at the driving range, he definitely oh gra you gravitate toward him. And it's one of those, like, why doesn't this guy win more? And he's always had that power off the tee. But this kind of at the end of last year and now be get so far in 2017, you're really starting to see the other aspects of the game come around. Um, you know, his scrambling still not the greatest, but, you know, even his, you know, putting and approach game is really solid too. And, man, if, if that's that's something, if, if that all starts clicking, you'll see other guys on tour start looking over their shoulder because if Gary Woodland figures that out, it's he's a guy who has top 15, top 20 potential. Yeah, that talent is definitely there. Um, I'm going to end it with another guy who has really an incredible winless drought, and that's Paul Casey. It's been almost eight years since he's won on the PGA Tour, and you know this is a guy who has been ranked as high as number three in the world. Uh, obviously, been a big Ryder Cup guy, although last year there was a little controversy. He wasn't on the team as he wasn't. Should have been. Right, should have been. But, um, you know, it, it. he finished the off the year last year at the playoffs with that runner-up, uh, runner-up, and uh, fourth-place finish at, at the Tour Championship. So he was one of the hottest players in the world at the end of last year. Uh, he's, of course, he's had a close call here. He's had a close call just about everywhere. He lost in uh, a playoff to James Hahn um, a couple years back. But uh, this guy's just a you know solid player, and and, and like Chucky three sticks, it's it's one of those things you know if you're in it enough times, you're gonna have to break through at some point. I think Casey is not done winning by any means. Obviously, he's got a lot of good years left, and um, certainly this seems like a course where he could get it done. 
you mentioned, or we've mentioned uh, throughout the show, is this is definitely a ball strikers course. This is a guy who finished 11th last year in stroke screen approach to the green. And not only are you keep, you know, not only the breaking through keep getting there, but if you keep giving yourself chances, you don't necessarily need a breakthrough. Other guys can falter, and yeah, I think that this is the course where, yes, the the, the, the birdies do happen, but I think the reasons we like Riviera is it's also a course that can fight back, and it's really just a testament of who who can keep things solid when things go south and i think that's that speaks to casey's game a lot yeah what do you what do you guys think of uh riviera steve what 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 are your thoughts about i mean we've gone with a lot of chalk so far but i think it's a testament to the level of player who usually plays well here Mm -hmm. it's the really good ball striker your putting game has to be on so if you go on a hot putting streak like james Hahn did 2015 you know a, a lesser known guy could win but it's a top 30 golf course in the country. Uh, you know, ton of history here with uh, George Thomas. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge ballpark. So, you know, you walk Riviera, it's just this grand uh, landscape. And um, not saying that would intimidate a, a rookie guy, but mm-hmm. I think it's one of the, one of the courses that, um, you know, we've seen a lot of chalk guys win this year, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, Spieth. I think it's, you know, it might be the same thing this week. Not only that, but it's a course the players love playing. If you, Every survey you see of, you know, what's your favorite course, it's always in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, that you, I think that's why you see such a big field. Obviously, there's some, you know, fiscal implications as well, but guys really love playing Riviera. I think that shows in their play as well. It, it makes for a better product for the fans. As, well, as great as the Olympics were last year, I think it kind of surprised us. I think a lot of people looked at the course and it was kind of, you know, Eh. Riviera is set to be the 2020. If LA gets the bid, set to be Olympics. That would be an amazing showcase for, um, you know, bringing the bringing golf to a global stage. So, um, yeah, I, I, you will. We sometimes have a cynical office. You can bring up, you know, the nicest course of the world, and you'll so- find some detractor mm-hmm. in, in some corner. But I think across across the board here, people love Riviera. It's one of the classics. Yeah, I'm gonna step in here for Ooh, a second. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because. I actually uh, look. I, I know it's it's obviously a great course because all these people say it is, uh, but I do think it's it's a course. That when I had this thought a few years ago, and it was the course that started it, uh, that there is a bit of a bias towards historical courses, and I say that because the tenth hole. I know it's this very cool, drivable par four. The tenth hole, especially when they put the pin on the back right, is one of the goofiest holes I, I ever. There was one year where they literally could not hold the green from 50-yard pitch shots. And I thought to myself, if this was a new course, if this was a Greg Norman design course or a Donald Trump-owned course or something, it would get ripped apart for this hole. This hole would be called stupid. But everybody says it's the greatest hole in the world. And again, most of the days it's fine where they put the pin, but when they put it in that back spot, you have, I mean, it's impossible. It's it's And, and the drivable... You can't even really drive it. So, anyway, sorry. That's my little rant here. I think the 10th hole is, well, is slightly two, overrated. I do. Two, two counters to that. Okay. One, that, that is a ridiculous pin spot. I, I, and you're not the first person to yeah. bring that complaint up. I, I do think it is a, it, it's a, something that really does detract from the rest of the course. And I, but I don't think you can really penalize the rest of the course strictly by this. Yeah. Uh, two, I think also, and just maybe a little bit, your sentiment is aided by Tiger, who's never won here. So well, if, if Tiger true. has a couple wins here, all of a sudden you're calling and this he, one of the top five courses in the world. And he lost to Billy Mayfair in a playoff. 
Here it oh, all comes out. That, w- Major I, that, Factor. that was <laughs> devastating. I still remember that. 1998. Oh, it was brutal. You're right. That does cloud it. Well, maybe that's why he stopped coming back, too, for a little bit. No, no, I, I, I don't. Hey, he's Tiger's going to he's going to be back. That's right. Tiger is going to be back this week. We, we didn't mention him yet, even though he was this was supposed to be, of course, uh, leg three of a four tournament in five week span, which ended up being three really rounds. bad <laughs> rounds. Let's be honest. Um, so that's disappointing. He's still going to be here, but uh, just as a as a host. But yeah, maybe you maybe if I'd seen a maybe if Tiger had, you know, done something on that hole or something, I'd have a better, you know, actually, actually, though, Bill Haas, that's where he won that playoff, and he made a 45-footer on that hole, and it still doesn't – I don't know. I still think of that hole, and I just think of it being kind of goofy. Well, so, there's that in the sixth hole, too, the bunker in the middle of the green. But that's kind of cool. See? That's kind of cool. I know, I know. You're right. design features yeah. that not everyone You're loves. right. It's, that's what course design yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just don't when – it, when it plays unfair, and again, maybe it was just the one year that I'm remembering or whatever, yeah. back pin, whatever, guys could not – even keep it on that green at all, whatever, no matter what they did. So again, you need to be careful though, because I mean, you could say the same thing if you go back to the, the Shinnecock Open. How sure. guys can you, you can't blame that necessarily on the course. It's sometimes just a setup. And yeah, a lot of times the people associated with the course don't really have any yeah. control. Yeah, that's that, true. So. That's true. Good point. All right, you're being fair. You're being fair. Well, uh, before we wrap it up, any uh, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Any uh, you guys have any Valentine's Day plans? Special plans with the ladies? You know, woke up. Uh, try <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> woke up on Valentine's Day. Good for you. I did wake up. Yeah. Uh, the girlfriend goes to work at 5:30, which means I have to wake up at that time. Oh, um, okay. Well, so we you're nice together. Guy. But yeah. woke up and thought it was like five o'clock. I wanted to set up the the cupcakes and the chocolate before she. Oh my goodness. Woke up. Didn't realize it was 1:30 in the morning. I thought it was five o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> You know, I was the idiot walking around my apartment at one thirty. <laughs> and girlfriend was like, "Is everything all right?" Over there? Yeah, yeah. Oh my uh, goodness! But when she actually saw the the chocolate and stuff, she was happy. So that was our our morning. And wow, uh, going out to dinner on Thursday. Wow. I, when so I asked that question, I, I honestly I was not expecting to get any like cool funny response like that well done steve that's yeah. although not well done on waking up at one, that, one yeah. in the morning i'm feeling but, the effects but I, I that's a good effort i'm yeah. i hope my wife isn't listening to this because <laughs> she's not gonna get the same kind of effort from me you've spent enough time with yeah. her recently. that's true in yeah. 31 31 yeah, hours in a row traveling just yeah. giving her a little time that's, to herself that's yeah. true it's a good point joel anything specific i just uh, going out to dinner tonight yeah. Okay, I tried to make standard. her breakfast in bed this morning. The problem was what she, is going uh, on here? Wow. You guys are like it's really incredible. escalating quickly. Well, oh my god! The only issue was since you know I get up a little earlier than her, especially since uh, she's she's at home still nursing an injury. Uh, she didn't want it, so <laughs> she went oh, to sleep instead. Ouch! ouch. So uh, basically, ended up making <laughs> myself breakfast. So which still wow. helps. So basically, I get I get effort enough. points and and breakfast for myself. So win win, right? Wow. Well, I might be taking my wife to a diner tonight, so. You know, I'm really, she's really lucky. You're like Bill Haas. You're just the lunch pail guy. That's right. Lunch pail guy. Keep it simple. You know, yeah. She's very, very lucky. I I, I really spoil her. So, but you guys, oh my God. Again, I hope my wife's not listening because she's going to start expecting uh, more. Jeez. Wow. Good for you guys. All right. Well, on that note, uh, good for you guys and good for me for picking Jordan Spieth last week. Let's just wrap it up on that. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Good luck this week. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes if you haven't done so already, and we will be back next week.